Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. We'll be right back to today's show. But before we do, I want to let you know that you can get a free copy of my first book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma, when you leave a review for the podcast on Apple Podcast, either on desktop or on your phone. All you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts, look up Think Unbroken, click follow in the top right, and then go and leave a review at the bottom. And when you leave that review, screenshot it and send it over to book.thinkunbroken.com where you can upload your contact and mailing information, and we will send you a free copy of this award-winning, best-selling book, absolutely free, including shipping. Just go to book.thinkunbroken.com to upload your screenshot review from Apple Podcasts for the Think Unbroken podcast. And until next time, my friend, be unbroken. I'll see you. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show. But I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. 
I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Hope that you're doing well wherever you are in the world today. I'm very excited to be back with you with another episode with my guest, Tanner Chedesser. Tanner, my friend, how are you? What is happening in your world today? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, just busy, as you know. Excited to be here. Excited for the show. Yeah, same, man. I'm super excited to have you here. As I was telling you before we got started, Tanner, I've kind of just silently been watching the way you've been presenting yourself into the world on social media. And I think you and I probably connected on Facebook a year or two ago, whenever that might have been. And, you know, man, you're, you're doing something that I think is really beautiful and powerful in the way that you're presenting your truth to the world. We're both entrepreneurs. We both run multiple companies. We both have, oddly enough, and we may get into this, grew up Mormon. And, you know, there are certain things about the parallels of experience that lead to down this path in which we find connection with people. But one of the things that I know to be incredibly true about the world is, and especially as men, so I will context that since I cannot speak as another gender, um, we struggle hard with vulnerability, with truth, with honesty. But dude, you've been putting out shit where I'm reading this and I'm thinking to myself, there is something really powerful in this dude's message. And so where I kind of want to start with you is just there. What has inspired you to be so incredibly vulnerable online with your team and your businesses and in your life right now? Yeah, I, that's a good question. I, I don't, I'm not sure. I think for me the there's kind of those points in your life where you just remember like, no, at that point, that's when this started to happen. I started doing this. I, I think for me, um, I kind of got to the top of the mountain, so to speak. And so for me, the top of the mountain was hitting a million dollars in a month. Like I remember that was a goal I set and I hit it under two years. And so when I got there, I just thought that was it. I was like, man, like obviously there's more to do, but I was like, man, if I could hit this goal, that'll be everything. And I was in, uh, I'm still in Miami, but I was in a 5,000 foot, you know, $6 million penthouse. And I had a half million dollar Lamborghini and, you know, I had all the dates in the world and, I just remember I just was pretty miserable. And it was before that time, I used to just say when people would say like money isn't everything, I'd be like, well, yeah, you're just poor. That's what I would tell myself. I wouldn't say it out loud, but that's what I would tell myself. And so I don't know. I, I think, I just think like I learned that, you know, being happy is like, I think living in your truth and just saying what you feel. I think it's hard, especially online where you always put on a facade or you don't really say what you think. And you're always worried about what other people will say. It's just so much easier to just say what you really think. And even if people disagree with it or they think 
bad things of you because they're going to think them anyways. That's the irony. So we think, I think at times that by not saying certain things that more people will like us, but there's people that still don't like us anyways. And when I kind of realized that it just made me a little bit more, I guess, open to like sharing my true thoughts and feelings because I was like, well, they're going to hate me either way or judge me either way. Then it doesn't really matter. And um, also just being happier. I, I just think I was so focused on money, so focused on winning that I kind of forgot to live a little bit and just, I don't know, share like my thoughts and feelings. I think they can help other people. I think one thing about being successful or financially rich or whatever you want to call it is, you know, people give you a little more weight to your words. And I didn't believe a lot of what people said because I was like, well, you're rich, but you're old or you're, you know, you're poor. And so I just would not give any weight to what they said. And so I'm sure there's another egotistical guy out there who you know, struggled the way I did and maybe hearing it from me will help him. So yeah. we'll be right back to today's show. But first I need to ask you a question. Are you feeling stuck? Are you feeling like you don't have the support to go to the next level in your healing journey? Are you feeling like you wish you had a little bit more support from not only myself, but the unbroken nation? Well, my friend, I want to invite you to come and join our live weekly coaching sessions in Think Unbroken. All you have to do is go to keys, K-E-Y-S, keys.thinkunbroken.com to sign up and join us today with 100% money back, no questions asked, guaranteed, and no contract or commitment every week. For the next year, you can come and be a part of our live coaching sessions each Monday as we dive deep into not only answering your questions, but questions from the Unbroken Nation and help you take all of the information that you learn in the podcast, in the courses, and other areas of this journey, bring them into your life, and use it in a way that is practical, life-changing, and transformative. So my friend, join us at keys.thinkunbroken.com, and we will see you this Monday. That's powerful, man. And, you know, I'll, I want to create some context around your story and we'll go wherever you feel like going today. Sure. But but people will hear what you said. You're like, I made a million dollars a month and immediately they're going to go, fuck that guy. But, you know, what what they probably don't know about you is is yeah. growing up in a large household with a dad who was a teacher, you know, yeah. finding your dreams crushed on the football team through hurting your shoulder, like the that that thing called life. And, you know, I think people see where we're at today often and they just go, man, those guys don't know struggle. They don't know what it's like to hurt. They don't know what it's like this, this, this. And, and you posted on YouTube, this video talking about wanting to take your life. And I remember sitting there watching that and just thinking to myself, man, there's so much bravery in that because what you're doing is you're talking about the biggest thing I would argue one of the biggest things that people don't talk about that is an alignment with success. And you and I probably can count dozens of entrepreneurial friends and counterparts who have taken their life over the years because you do find like success is not what you think it's going to be. Like it's just not. And so I would love for you to kind of talk about your story, your background and, and kind of how you've gotten to where you are today. Sure, dude. Love to. And if uh, I go too long, just, you know, cut me off, redirect me. So, uh, yeah, so I, that, that's actually cool. I didn't know you grew up LDS. I grew up LDS too, pretty religious, religious household. My dad, you know, you'll know, uh, he was a bishop, sick president, you know, you'll, you'll know that lingo. But for people who yeah. don't know, it's kind of like a preacher, just thinking, everything I'm saying, equivalent of a preacher. And so pretty religious. Um, I had two older sisters and then I had two younger brothers, two younger sisters. I grew up kind of, I would say I was sheltered is a very good way to say it. And so I was kind of weird 
uh, from, you know, the outside world standpoint where they're like, this guy doesn't know what a cuss word is. Like he's never hung out with girls. Like, you know, so I, I got made fun of a lot as a kid and specifically about being Mormon. And I'm not sure why that was, but when I moved to Texas, I don't know, kids are kids, you know, they'll just fun of you for anything. Totally. And, um, so around, I think I was going into six, six, sixth grade is where I kind of started realizing people were making fun of me. Like I, I became aware I was a class clown or not class clown. I was a class like joke joke. Yeah. And, and that really hurt. Like I didn't realize that. And when I did, I started working out um, to beat the kids up. That's what I told my parents. And so that was a big shift for me because I was 12 years old. I started going to the gym at five, five thirty in the morning. Then they dropped my sisters off at a uh, Bible study. You'll, you'll know what it is like early morning seminary. Right. And, um, then I go to school and three months later I was jacked, you know, cause I was maturing and no one else was lifting weights. And then people started mess, stop messing with me. And I was like, all right, like, okay. So I take action. I get results. This is pretty nice. And that gave me a ton of confidence to basically, I went from like one of the worst players on the football team to one of the best. I went from like getting no girls, to getting all the girls. I went from like, okay, grades to straight A student. And I was like, man, this shit is like, this is it. Like I figured it out. And so I became very driven. And when I saw I was good at sports, my whole life came, became about sports because I started, you know, gaining clout. You know, I was in Texas, Texas football is keen. And I started getting a lot of recognition. I was like, hey, this feels pretty good. It feels a lot better than what happened before. And uh, my whole mission in life was like to play in that felt. So I became one of three sophomores to make the varsity team, which was like, you know, a huge deal, at least in Texas. You know, I just, that was my life. Like I trained from when I was 14, I trained nine hours a day. I trained three hours of basketball, three hours of tr running and sprints and three hours of weights the whole summer, just so I could make the team. And um, I kind of did that all the way until I was about 22. So I, I got to play a little division one football, had a ton of injuries. Don't think I was good enough either, but I played with multiple first round picks. Um, so when I was done, I knew like I'd done everything I could do. So that was a good feeling. But then I became kind of depressed because I was like, man, this is the rest of my life. This looks terrible. Like I was an engineer and I had about a year left and I had a mentor convince me to drop out of school. And his name's David Fry. And, um, I was doing modeling. I was like a server and, uh, I was going to school and he's like, dude, like you want to make a lot of money. Is that your goal? I was like, yeah, you know, cause I couldn't play in the NFL anymore. And so he's like, all right, well, you know, drop out of school and I'll show you everything I know. And I was like, are you serious? I didn't know anything about business. I didn't even understand how business worked. And so I dropped out of school. My girlfriend at the time, I don't know if this was part of why she broke up with me, but she broke up with me. I, I want, I think that was part of it. her mom thought I was stupid. My family thought I was stupid. I thought I was stupid. He just did. And so for 23, about 25, that's kind of when football ended. I learned everything I took from him about uh, digital marketing. I didn't make any money. He, he really knew the low ticket stuff, but I didn't have any money to really like run ads or make it successful. But I learned everything on the back end, which was super helpful. Around 25, I'm starting to kind of feel like a loser, um, more of a loser. So I move up to Utah and I start doing door-to-door -door sales for a company called Alder. And I did that for about seven or eight months. And that, that was probably the most pivotal point in my life because I learned how to sell lights out. I mean, I really learned how people think and how to talk and psychology. And um, then around that time, I saw an ad on Facebook and it said how to build an online fitness business. 
And I didn't really even have social media at the time. I mean, I actually, I take that back. I did a little bit when I was doing my modeling and it grew pretty fast, but it was just people who wanted to look at my body, right? Like if you guys type my name in on Google, you'll see some interesting pictures. You know, I used to have girls that were like, you know, my mom typed your name in and she saw these pictures and I was like, oh Lord, you know, so, uh, <laughs> did it help. Um, but then I did that. I signed up, I paid, you know, five grand. And they taught me about high ticket and I didn't even know what high ticket was. And so basically I was like, okay, so just long story short, I'm selling it for 47, sell it for 1500. They're like, yeah, I was like, all right. First week I made 10 grand. Year later I did a million. And then, you know, we're about 50 million in sales. And we've been in business like a little over four years now, which is nuts. my first year I only did a million, which is even more nuts to me because of the you know, trajectory. But yeah, that's a short, that's a short version. And um, yeah, that's, you know, hopefully that's good. Yeah. Now you can go into that. Yeah, man, it's it's a wild story because I, I think that for so many people and and I relate to a lot of what you said growing up, you know, being Mormon. Now I grew up Mormon in the hood, so a little bit different than how you grew up. Um, <laughs> yeah. but but still being being exposed to what I thought was people having fun with me as a child and realizing, yeah. oh, they're fucking picking on me. Right. They're, they're bullying me. Cause I was also the weird kid. I don't, dude, I literally did not have a soda till I was like 13 years old, you know? <laughs> and so it was, it was weird shit like that, that would happen. And I would just be like, oh, the, these kids don't like me. And much like you, I found sports and luckily I grew into, you know, six foot four two twenty. But as a kid, I was the weird little chubby kid and everyone picked on me. Everyone bullied me. And dude, that carried just so much weight. Right. Because I was like, all right, if I'm not playing sports, which eventually uh, went away when I injured my knee wrestling my senior year of high school, like I thought I was going to go to junior nationals and eventually D1 school destroyed my knee. And I was like, oh, well, that's definitely not going to happen. Well, and not to mention I had straight F's. That probably doesn't help either. And so, you know, so much of my identity was just tied into that. And and I, I don't know about you, but I, I felt this massive, massive struggle when I had to shift out of me being, I am the guy who does sports to being yeah. like, I'm the guy who doesn't know what the hell I'm doing. Yeah. I mean, dude, sports was, I mean, they, they should, there should be, I actually probably should write a book just about the dark side of sports because high school was fun. I hated college to be honest. It was so mercenary like, and I get it to business, but it just felt so like, on it felt so job like and i guess it kind of is because you know you're on scholarship and stuff like that but i mean there were guys who like their whole lives were contingent on making the nfl and you know everyone all, all of us think we're going pro all of us right but the reality is one person on each team probably is going pro on average right and so you know when these guys put their whole lives on it and they're doing like you know i remember some of the stars on our team are doing remedial math and i mean like mm -hmm. fifth grade math dude like, and I was like, dude, how, how are you even allowed to do it? But so the coach's job is just to make sure they pass. They do not care. It's like pass. And, you know, I don't want to make it sound like every coach out there has bad intentions. That's probably not true. But at the end of the day, they're paid players to perform when that's how they get paid. And so I just would see guys, their lives, when it, football ended, it was, they had no good degree. They, they couldn't get a good job and they, you know, were not business minded, right? They they skipped class all the time and hung out with the girls. And so when I was done, it was a blessing in disguise because I, I had taken care of my other stuff. Like I'd always took care of my mind and like tried to be a good student. And so 
when it ended, I, I didn't feel like I had no options uh, like some of these guys do. And it's it's kind of sad to see because they college football or basketball or whatever, they make it seem very glamorous, which it is if you're that guy. But for everyone who's that guy, it's not. It's the, it's the exact opposite. And when it ends, dude, it's like your entire identity is gone because that's all I did for 10 years. I just trained and worked out and trained and trained and trained. And my whole identity was wrapped up in how good I was at football and how jacked I was. And when that ended, it's hard because everyone's like, oh, you're not cool anymore. You're back to being a loser. And that was, that was hard for me. So I, I, I could totally relate to what you just said. 100%. Was there, was there like a reset for you? So I, I found myself at basically 18 and a half years old being like, all right, I'm definitely not getting into college. My knee is destroyed, so I can't get into the military. I can't wrestle anymore. And so I'm just going to go figure out how to make money. And, and that's what I did. And then my identity became wrapped in money. And, and ultimately, luckily due to a rock bottom or unluckily, depending on which side of the coin I want to look at particular day, it was kind of like looking yes. at my life and going, here I am 26 years old. I've literally wasted a million dollars. I have nothing to show for it. Um, morbidly obese, smoking two packs a day, drink the whole nine, right? It's life's about as bad as it could get. And I realized something really, really important. And that was that a lot of the things that I was doing and like attaching my identity to actually didn't matter. Like working for a Fortune 10 company didn't matter. Working, you know, building businesses, it didn't matter. The thing that mattered was just trying to enjoy my life. And I started to wrap my identity around that while going through some healing, right? Going through therapy, coaching, reading like fucking every book ever made and just trying to like figure out who I was. What was there a process for you? Like when you're, you're in this window and I know more in depth of your story from reading your book of just those massive struggles, fucking working at Olive Garden, knocking doors, doing that lifestyle. Like what were you learning? If, if you like rewind and put your brain into like a decade ago, five years ago, seven years ago. Like, what were you learning about yourself in those moments of struggle? Yeah. I mean, I think I just learned that I honestly felt like I just had more mental fortitude than most people. I, I, I think what I went through, like getting to that kind of financial success is that most people are not willing, I think, to go through that. I learned a lot about myself because, but I think also it's because I'm insecure. I mean, the whole reason I wouldn't quit is not because I didn't want to quit. It's because I wouldn't quit because I was so embarrassed if I had to go back and basically let people see that I quit. Because to that mm -hmm. point, I hadn't failed at anything. I mean, even the NFL, yeah, that didn't work out. But I felt like it was a little outside my control based on my injuries. Like I just, I could not stay healthy. I, I've gone in college. And I, didn't get, I did not get to get on the field for a single college down because I was literally always hurt always and so um, i guess i i don't know i guess in, in that point i don't know how you feel about your journey but i i felt when i started getting into this business i was like man you know if i struggled that much and i have this level of mental fortitude which i think is in the top one percent i can only imagine how other people feel and it became apparent to me why a lot of people quit it became apparent to me why a lot of people aren't successful not because they're not special but because they're not willing to push through the pain because it sucks dude i mean it i i just remember i didn't date i was embarrassed to hang out with girls because of my car i couldn't afford stuff i mean all guard paid me 100 bucks a day i would go on a date with a girl and blow the cash on a date and i was like man i don't want to do that anymore 
uh, I was working 16, 18 hours a day with no result. I mean, I, I would work half a day and then come home and work dead tired and it wouldn't work. And so when two years doesn't sound long, but when you're working every day of the week, 18 hours a day, and you rarely take breaks, it just feels like the end of the world. And it doesn't feel good. And your self-esteem low. People ask you what you're doing. You, you know, oh, I, I have a business. They're like, you're working at Olive Garden. How's that going? You know, not going great. So I don't know if that's the answer you're looking for, but I guess I learned a lot about myself and my mental fortitude. And when I finally did hit success, that that did a lot for me because I realized I was like, you know what? Like, as long as I don't quit, even if I'm not the smartest person, even if I make mistakes, like I will get there. And, and I'm lucky I had a mentor who kind of like kept pushing me because I called him four to five times over that two years. I almost quit. And he just would talk me off the ledge. And it's crazy because I, I was on a podcast the other day and I said, dude, you know, the difference in opportunity cost is about $49.6 million because that's what I would have made in my engineering job is about 400 G's and I've done close to 50 and it's not all about money. That's part of why we're on this show. But I mean, that kind of stuff's crazy. And I think people do that all the time where they make these decisions that they have no idea the lasting impact and they'll never know. And that's scary to me because anyways, so. No, yeah, I, well, I love that. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, take the space, please. Because I like, this is what this is about. You know, I, I think about so often the difference between success and failure in pretty much everything in life is just timeline. You know, yeah. a couple of years ago, Grant Cardone, who I know that, you know, he, uh, he invested into Think Unbroken. So he's a business partner, right? And he tells me something really important, dude. He goes, look, man, the only time you ever lose is if you quit. And, and I'll tell you this, building the business, like the podcast, obviously this is about value. This is about helping people and changing their lives. But I don't know about you, dude. I've never listened to a podcast that ever changed my life, like entirely. I've always had to get the book or go to the coaching session, doing the seminar, do whatever the next thing was from these people that I look up to that mentor me. And, and I think that a big part of it is just the willingness that I've discovered that I'm just not going to quit. Like, I'm just not going to stop. And, and I think that a lot of that comes with the resiliency of maybe just the suffering that I endured as a kid. Like, like it's hard to grow up Mormon and fucking poor and biracial, right? And so, you know, being in the, that boat made me just go for a long time. And I don't know if you related to this, but for a long time, dude, I just hated people. And I was like, I'm going to go on my own. I'm going to figure it out. Nobody's going to help me because I don't love or trust anyone. And then I realized like one of the most empirical truths of life is that you have to have mentorship. You have to have community. You have to have coaches and partners and friends and family and love because without those things, like nothing's going to be different. W was it because you grew up playing sports that you went and found a coach or a mentor? Or was that just like happenstance? Like how did that evolve for you? I just hit rock bottom. I mean, so, you know, I, I left college thinking that I could figure everything out. And I had a very big ego because to that point, I'd done everything on my own, so to speak. I mean, I built my body. I got scholarship offers. I had straight A's. Like, I got the girl. So I just was like, I can do anything. And that that's a good mindset to have. And I think to a degree I did. But then, you know, two years trying to start my business, having no success, I was like, dude, like, 
I just got to a point where, especially knocking doors, I think that's really what pushed me over the edge is I mentally was so tired that I was like, dude, I will do anything. And I literally would have done anything, like anything. And so when I saw that ad and it was like, how to build an online fitness business, it was just happenstance. I saw it. It was like, that's the industry I'd been in. And so I got on the coal and I just gave him every dollar I had because I just was like, there's no, there's no other choice. Like sometimes, you know, my sales team and probably your sales teams, you know, they're telling us about someone's like, yeah, they said it was two weeks. I mean, I just didn't even care. I just was like, I will be, I'd rather be homeless than continue to live the way I'm living because I hate it. And I just felt like a loser. And I think a lot of people are successful. Honestly, they have similar stories where it's some type of insecurity or fear-driven decision-making that just pushes them to like crazy heights and crazy levels where they can just endure massive amounts of pain for, for short periods of time. And like, I mean, door-to-door sales sucks. Uh, I mean, it, it was six days a week, 12 hours a day, including the travel. And we have one day off and I did that for seven to eight months straight in the Alabama heat. I mean, it was hot, man. And it's like the stuff that happened out there, like people pull knives on me, guns. I, I just think it was all those things. So yeah, I, I don't know if I, I wish I had a better answer, but I just think it was that I just hit rock bottom. I was so sick of that crap that I was like, dude, I'll lick a floor if I know it worked. And I, I think most people, they're unwilling to do that. Like they say they will, but they, they won't. But I was that guy. And I remember my mentor, David, he used to rip into me. And he even said, Tanner, he's like, you know what your best quality is? I was like, what? He's like, I can rip into you and you just don't care. And I was like, maybe it's because of sports because coaches will just cuss you out. For sure. And I just didn't care. I had I had no ego when it came to that, finally that moment. Like I had an ego getting help. Like I was like, I don't need help. But when I finally had help, I was like, dude, I'm an idiot, obviously, because I'm not. It's what I thought would work, is it? So you tell me what to do. And I will be your best student. And it was like, that's how it was for me in every program. I was always the best student because I just like implemented like a, like a psycho. Um, so anyway, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like 99% of it. So I, I relate to the knocking doors, man. I did cut co when I was like 18 oh, because I, and I was just like knocking doors all day. Dogs barking at you, people freaking out, old naked ladies answering the door. Oh, like, yeah, I got a story about that. Like, I, I can't even scare them. I got bad stories about that. They're just the most gnarly uh, stuff. And and just being like, is this it? Is is this what I'm supposed to do? And then, you know, progressing and, you know, and eventually landing a job with a Fortune 10 company, doing really well in sales, where, you know, I kind of figured out how to navigate the corporate environment. And and then what I decided to do without really understanding how poor of a decision it was at the time, I was like, I'm going to quit this job and I'm just going to open my own business. Right. And I think that was, A, it's the greatest mistake I've ever made. And B, I learned a lot in that because, you know, Tom Bilyeu, one of my mentors, a, a great human in my life, says something that I think everyone really needs to hold on to. And that is that the struggle is guaranteed and the success is not. And and so much of this journey really is about the struggle and being able to go through it. And I don't even think just necessarily financially because, dude, I've struggled in relationships. I've struggled with my weight. I've struggled with, you know, the way I feel about myself when I'm by myself. And the only way I've been able to get through any of that shit is just like, keep going, man. Just keep going to the next level. But it was in getting mentorship and getting coaching and investing in myself that really changed the game. And I think that you're spot on, dude. Most people would not have made the decision that you made. But 
like I've always thought about it like this. I'm like, I'm already at fucking rock bottom. What's another two grand, right? That's, What's another five grand? It, it's not going to get any worse. And it's so, I, it drives me up a wall because I just wish there's something you could say sometimes where it's like, dude, you have nothing to lose and everything to gain, right? Yeah. Like you have nothing to lose. Like you can go back to your bad job that you're on the phone call that you're right. a, like, it just drives me nuts, but that's also that's also just like it pushes me to be better because I'm like, you know what? I need to get better at sales. I need to get better at marketing because like if they are saying that, I still can't convince them it's not good enough. But I agree. It just and it's it's it sucks because like they don't know, but we're on the other side. So we're like, dude, like I was there and you just like you don't know. But like if you go like you'll get there and then you'll see how smart of a decision it was. But. Why do you, yeah. do you think, so here's an interesting question then, yeah. uh, and this will be a little bit self-serving. So I apologize Unbroken nation, but I just there need to is. ask the question. Um, one of the things that I constantly am thinking about because we do high ticket coaching here for think yeah. unbroken, because that's what I've done. Like I've literally invested a quarter million dollars in my own personal development. Right. And so I always remembered all the free courses I never fucking took. All the stuff that was $9, I never did anything with it. But when I put five figures on the line, I got really involved. And yep. so do, do you think that it is as a mindset shift that we as individuals need to make is understanding that the money that we put in is going to reap an ROI that can't be calculated on a, uh, as a financial matter? Hey, what's yeah. up on Broken Nation? We'll be right back to today's episode, but I want to take a moment and invite you to Think Unbroken Conference. That's right. Our next conference is happening right around the corner this December with amazing speakers from around the world who are leaders in personal development, trauma education, mindset, and more. All you have to do to register to watch for free, that's right, $0. Come and join us is go to myunbrokenlife.com, register and sign up. You can get access to to the free event, watch it live with us this December. It'll be myself speaking along with amazing human beings like Anthony Trucks, Jamie Bronstein, Leslie Logan, and a special interview that I'm doing with Dr. Gabor Mate that has never before been released. So come and join us, myunbrokenlife.com. All you have to do is put in your email. We'll send you over the registration. You'll be able to come and join us, watch live. And then if you want access to the recordings or more information there for you to keep them forever. But in the meantime, go sign up block it off on your calendar. This is going to be a transformational experience that you do not want to miss. Head over to myunbrokenlife.com to register for free. Until next time, be unbroken. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's just it's just human nature. Like, you know, we care about what we value and part of how we show what we value is what we pay, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's why Lamborghinis cost that much, not necessarily because it's that, I mean, yeah, it's a better car, but it does the same thing, right? It's the same thing with Gucci or Prada or Porsche or whatever. So I, I like that because what happens is the clients care more, which means they take it more serious, which means they get better results, which means they like you, which means you like them, which means you get, you know, it's like, there's only positives. Anytime I've sold something cheap, we have more problems with the cheap stuff than we ever do with the high stuff. And, you know, there's a place for everything and there's not a long way just to get to the top. But I think, yeah, I mean, it's a mindset shift. And like, I needed that at the time, like I needed that. And that was something my mentor we said is like, I used to like really rag on these coaches that I paid money to. And I was like, man, I was successful in spite of these guys. Like these guys suck. And he's like, dude, you know what? Like you can say that all you want, but end of the day, like you investing that amount of money got you to take massive action, which got you to where you are. And so there's always like two sides of the coin, but 
yeah, I think the average individual, they are not willing to sacrifice anything because they fear more of what they're going to lose than the, like what they have to go through to change. And so they lose. And that's as simple as that. Yeah. It's devastating, man. I remember when I was like 22, I wouldn't invest $5 on a book. Like literally I was <laughs> like, I was like, I'm not going to do that. That's stupid. Why would I read a book? You know yeah. what I mean? And then most recently I was with Grant Cardone and I invested more money than I care to say publicly. And I was just like, I'm going to listen to everything that this damn guy says. I'm going to take notes. I'm going to follow up. I'm going to show up. I'm going to do the thing because I realized something really important, man. We shortchange ourselves when we don't invest in ourselves, right? I mean, you know, and especially like you grew up in athletic culture. I did too. And yeah. so it's like, man, I want the J's. I want the best jerseys. Like I want all that shit. And it's like, well, what, what does that serve? How does that make my life better? Do you think that it's simply marketing that has convinced us that we should put more of a, a, a love and admiration in other people's products than ourselves? Yeah, probably. I mean, social media is tough. I mean, I, like I'm pretty good at, I'm better at it now, but I mean, there's even times where I think social media makes it very easy to like not feel that great about yourself because mm -hmm. everyone is showing their highlight reels and no matter how good your highlight reel is, someone else can one up you or they have more engagement or they have more likes. Like when I started my businesses, I remember I used to respond every single comment, like every single comment on my ads, talking shit, right? I don't do that at all now, but you'll still see hate comments and stuff. And like, obviously now, like I just swipe or delete or my team will delete or block, whatever. But it's, you know, like they can still get to you or you can still like wonder like, you know, are they right? Like, are they right about me? Or what is what they're saying mm -hmm. correct? Or, you know, you'll just see like someone else doing better than you. And you're like, man, like, am I doing enough? Like, am I being as good as I can be? So I think it's a double-edged sword. I, I, I would never change who I am because part of, I think, that insecurity of, like, never being good enough is what drives me to always try to be better. But at the same time, it can cause a lot of, you know, problems because you're always comparing. You're always trying to get more and it's never enough. And so it's kind of that double-edged sword that you kind of have to learn to wield. I think if you want to be happy and also be extremely successful. Yeah. Like, how do you balance that? Like if on this one hand, you're trying to recognize, like, don't let the people of the world impact you negatively, but yeah. at the same time, yeah. you're in this place where you're trying to, you know, figure out your own insecurities. Like, like, how do you wield that sword? Like, what is that balance right. like for you? I mean, I don't think I always do it very well. I mean, I had a talk with my two brothers yesterday who are both younger than me. They both work for me and. I think they're both more, more emotionally mature than I am, to be quite honest with you. And they're both married. And that's what, that was a comment they made to me. They're like, you know, Tanner, sometimes like you don't really have very good emotional maturity. You know, you basically get really mad and say nothing or you get really mad and say, this is what we're doing or nothing. Right. It's like your way or the highway. And, and, you know, he, he was giving me examples. He's like, you know, you could do a couple of these things, right. Or like in the middle. And so, I mean, sometimes just be honest with you, I don't handle it well. And, and that's part of like, I need to become a better person. I need to mature. On the other hand, um, I, I think a lot of times like I stay busy and I don't know if that's, if someone would deem that good or bad, but I think when you're really caught up in your goals and your mission, you can't really focus on what others are doing. And I think that's obviously helpful because when you're not doing a lot and you have a lot of free time, you know, you're scrolling and as you're scrolling, you're seeing what other people are doing. And then the compare game comes in and like, am I doing enough? Am I good enough? You know, when I'm busy and like, I'm really focused on my mission and like helping my clients and like connecting with my friends, I don't notice it as much. 
because I'm focused on my mission. And so, you know, I don't know if the answer, I don't know if I'm trying to get across like always stay busy so you don't feel anything. Cause that can be a problem too. But I think just focusing on your mission helps because you can't be focused on other stuff when you're focused on yours. But as soon as you're focused on others, it, you know, it usually means you're not doing like what you need to do. If that makes sense. Yeah, totally. And, and it's, it's easy to get caught up, man. I mean, obviously if, if my background's digital advertising and branding, so I understand this market very well. And it's like these algorithms, they want you trapped. They want you swiping. They want you in the dead scroll. You know, I even took Facebook, social media is not on my phone. Like if I want to get on social media, I have to go physically sit down at a damn computer. Right. So the convenience of it at the gym, the convenience of it, like in the car at the stoplight, I've taken out of my life entirely because I, I found myself just being like, and and I'm I'm pretty young, you're pretty young. And I find myself being like, man, why don't I have what those guys have yet? Right. And then I'm like, those dudes are like 70 years old, dude. Like, it's like you have fucking time. But I, I, I think what was there was there a, a massive like mindset shift for you when it came around, when it came to actually making money? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think for me, like I used to see, I don't, I don't even know if he knows this. I've talked to Billy a few times, Billy Jean. I, I haven't had like a private convo, but I've talked to him a few times, like in groups, public forums, stuff like that. We, you know, like you would talk on, you've had some interaction, but uh, I remember I, I, I remember my dad, like we always just had enough to get by. And so I remember growing up just thinking like, hey, I don't really want to live that way. That was the first time that happened. And then I remember when I was struggling, um, I saw some of Billy Jean's ads and like, you know, more, some people, you know, they're just, I've never understood the mentality, but they're just immediately, oh, what's the scam? What is this? What is that? And just like mm-hmm. demeaning things. I just remember looking at him and not in like a disrespectful way, but I just remember going, man, like, what does this dude have that I don't? Like, I have all those things. Like, I could be, I could do what he's doing. You know, and I was like, he can do it. Like, I can do it. And it was like, more like, it's always inspiration for me. And so those were probably the two biggest things, just growing up with that a lot and living paycheck to paycheck or bill to bill. My parents always budgeted and, you know, those were some of the fights. And again, I'm not trying to make it sound like I grew up poor. I don't think that's the right term, but I didn't grow up with more than I needed. And I just remember growing up, I was like, I'm going to grow up. I told my mom, I was like, I'm going to grow up so I'll be rich enough so I can buy, you know, meal prep and I can, you know, like go to restaurants, like just, you know, just stuff like that. That's not even that big a deal, but I just never wanted to worry about money. And I think when football ended, it, it that was like, okay, now I have to actually focus on money because the NFL is done. So hopefully I answered the question, but I think it was kind of those two things. Those were kind of the two pivotal moments that I really remember. Um, and, and and it still drives me today. Like I have friends or I see people who are doing great stuff. I just, I just, I don't get the jealousy thing. It's just weird. I, I've never related to that. I've always just been like competitive where I'm like, man, like I can do what he's doing, but I've never, it's never bothered me. I just, and I think it bothers a lot of people because they're not willing to do what it takes, but I am. And yeah. so I don't go like, I'm just like, oh, cool. Like so whatever he did, I can do it. Versus I think the average person, they're like, man, like, I'm not willing to do what he's doing, so I have to come up with an excuse or a reason or justify why he's doing better than I am. And I don't think that's a great way to live, to be quite honest. Yeah, I, I entirely agree. I and, and you know what? In just full transparency, I used to be that guy, right? When I was a kid, when I was a teenager, before I actually started making real money, 
I'd be like, man, fuck these rich people. Who do they think they are? And then then you come to find out like the vast majority, I, I'm going to butcher the stat, but I want to say it's like 68% of millionaires in the United States are first time millionaires who build a business. Yeah. And so we look at these people and we judge them, but it's like, yo, these people had to work their faces off. Right. And, and yeah, sure. There's the 1%. I mean, I'll probably never touch that, nor do I really care. It's kind of more so about like, am I showing up every day? Am I living, living life on my terms? And, and a lot of this switch for me came through the willingness to step into therapy and just to sit in here and identify these things and be like, oh, I understand how I got to this place, causation and correlation, right? What, what kind of role has therapy played in your life and in your journey to where you are today? Yeah, um, that's a great question. So it's, it's been interesting. And again, like this whole transparency, like, I don't, I don't know if I did therapy right. Or like, if I was just not open-minded, like, it's kind of funny because my younger brother, uh, went to therapy and I would definitely say he's gotten a lot out of it. Like he got married young. He had kind of an unexpected kid with his wife. And like, I would definitely say he's more mature in some ways than I am now. And, you know, I'm five years older than him. Um, I, I went to therapy. I don't know. Like I went to therapy and I think like I was hoping like there was going to be some special answer to my problems, you know? And again, I don't know if I did it wrong or I wasn't open-minded. You know, my brothers probably would say I wasn't open-minded, but I think it was twofold. I, I think, I think part of it was like, it, it could, it can help. But I think you have to be like open-minded to it. I think if you're very closed off, you're you're just kind of wasting your time or if you're looking for a specific answer. I think most therapy, and this is just based on my experience, so I could be wrong, is like they're trying to kind of help you come to a conclusion on your own versus like kind of telling you what the solution is. And when I went, I was trying to really figure out the meaning of life. Like, like why does this stuff matter and things of that nature? And I, again, I don't know if this is the right answer. So I just very transparent about my feelings where I'm at in my life. But that was kind of actually when right after therapy is when like a good friend of mine, he kind of, I didn't know what the word was for it at the time, but I think it's the nihilist mindset, right? Where kind of nothing matters, right? Which is kind of the other end of the extreme of like maybe religion, right? Where it's like nothing matters at all. So like you should just do whatever, you know, you want because it doesn't really matter, Right. And, uh, but that, that actually mindset helped me, I think a little bit more just because I think I was just really hard on myself based on what people said. They're like, dude, like all you care about is money. All you do is work like, like this and that, like, it's not all about that. It's about relationships. And I agree. But at the same time, I think I was like really judging myself for like, man, why do I work so much? If it doesn't matter, why am I doing this? And, and it really helped me come to like an understanding that part of who I am is like, I need to have direction. I need to have, uh like a goal and I, and it, and it makes me feel good. Like I feel driven when I'm like going after my mission and when I'm not, I feel very like, I don't know, like kind of worthless for lack of a better word. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's funny, like you probably had a, a different experience or like others have, but it was, I, I don't think I was even open to therapy. So when I went, I left thinking therapy was dumb, to be honest. And like now that I've seen my brother go through it and it's worked, I think it's probably always somewhere in the middle, right? We're always like, it's our way or, you know, you're, I'm right, you're wrong. But my guess is it's probably somewhere in the middle where like it can be very helpful, but you have to be open-minded. I don't think I was open-minded at the time and I was going through a lot and I kind of expected the therapist to just 
I don't know, give me the answer. And when the answer didn't come, I think I just said this sucks, you know, and it doesn't work. And so anyways, hopefully that is a good answer, but that's just full transparency. Like that was, that's kind of what happened. So I don't think I took full advantage if I'm being honest. Yeah. I, that's really interesting to me because, you know, when, when I was younger, that was certainly my, my perception of it. I'd sit there and I'd be like, this is fucking pointless. I don't know why I'm here. And then I, I realized actually, and this is for me, right. And you know, maybe if it will serve you or anyone listening, um, I, I had this moment, I was sitting in my therapist's office and, uh, it, it's, you know, this rainy Wednesday afternoon, I'd been in there the 400th Wednesday in a row or whatever, you know, it's years of this back and forth. And I look at him and I go, dude, I don't want to fucking be here. I'm tired of your face. And literally that's exactly what I said. And, and he was like, Hey man, I'm, I'm going to tell you something really important. The, the thing about this life, depression, anxiety, all of it is, and he goes, you can still tend to your garden and be depressed. And I remember sitting there thinking like, wait, is that's like the ultimate solution, right? To be able to be like, yeah, fucking today life sucks, but I can still put on my shoes or brush my teeth or go to the gym or, you know, be a great dad or husband or business owner or whatever. And, and, and you look, I don't think there's a fucking right or wrong way to any of this, man. We all have a different path, but I, I relate a lot to what you said, your, your friend told you. And if I, I'm going to guess it's the same friend that I'm thinking of. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. And, and a, a lot of people beat him up for saying that. And he gets a lot of pushback on, on this idea that maybe it doesn't matter. And, and you said something in regard to that on a parallel and you're like, look, the only thing that matters to me is being a good person. And, and I think that's admirable. I think it's really powerful. Why, why out of, if everything doesn't matter, why does being a good person matter to you? I mean, that's a good question. I mean, so again, going back, going back to growing up LDS and like, you know, I love my parents and like, sometimes when I'm on podcasts, I hope if they were to listen, they don't feel in any way I'm disrespecting what they believe or how I was raised. But you know, growing up LDS, it was very much like, these are the things you need to do. This is what's important. This is what life's about. And I, I don't know, like there came a point in my life where I just was like, like, I, I, it's hard for me to fake how I feel or who I am. Like I'm very, and that's good and bad in certain instances. Right. But I just remember like when the mission trip came up, you know, cause the guys go on a mission, I would meet kids who would go and they didn't want to go or they would not take it seriously. I was like, why would you go spend two years of your life for nothing? Cause like, you don't even want to go. You're just going to please your parents. And so I think like that was kind of when I started realizing like, you know, I need to do things that like are in alignment with me. Cause I don't know. I just, I just felt like at the end of the day, even if that's right, like there's a South park episode. I used to joke around my parents where, you know, like which religion was true. And they're like the Mormon, right? you know, and I always said joke about that with my parents, but like, let's say that's true, right? The way I was raised, like, that is the only path. Like, I think even if that's true, like, if I'm faking it, like, it's just like a good feeling. And I don't think God or any deity or whoever you, like, worship is, like, what what they know. Like, they know. And I used to see people just, like, kind of half a religion where they say one thing, but they're doing another. And I'm like, like, why don't you just not do it? Like, it just seems weird. And so... Going back to being a good person, I just think like, I think like even if nothing matters or like even like, you know, in a thousand years, no one remembers us or or whatever. I just think at the end of the day, like 
there's no reason why you can't be a good person or treat people right. And I think happiness really does come from other people and relationships. So it's like, if you're not doing that, how can you possibly be happy? And I learned that for myself because like, yes, pushing. I, I think now like I enjoy business because of the push, not because of the money. The money is a scoreboard, but I don't need the money. And so, yes, I like the push, but when it's all said and done, the business won't matter. And I think most people do agree with that. And so then all you're left with is other people in relationships. And so if you treat other people like dirt, it, it's just like, aren't you missing the point? Whether you believe in a second life or you don't or whatever. And so I think that's what it was for me is like, just as a kid, I, I would see people and it's not just that religion, right? And you see people do it all the time, but I just see people not living like in their truth. And by truth, I just mean like, if you really believe it, do it. If you don't, don't. You know, but don't, don't like, it's such a weird way to live where you're just living for other people and not living for yourself. And so hopefully I answered the question, but that's kind of how, that's kind of how that mindset started and why, where I came to that realization, I guess. Yeah. That, that makes a ton of sense to me. One of the things I always teach my clients and, and anyone who really listens to the show is that the greatest sense of self, the greatest sense of healing in this journey is when you do what you want to do because you want to do it. And when you don't do things that you don't want to do because you're placating other people, because you're bending yourself to make other people satisfied. So, I mean, I'm in total agreement with that. And that's a really hard thing to get to because people will be like, well, I'm in this relationship, so I have to stay in it. I'm in this job, so I have to stay in it. I'm in this religion, so I have to stay in it. And, and the truth is you don't, but it's the facing the fear. I guess it's in the same guise as like, are you going to invest in yourself? Are you going to go for your dreams? Are you going to change the way you think about yourself in regard to friends and family and relationships. What, what is something different about you today than in relationships specifically? And that could be in intimate relationships, your family, your, your community. What's different for you today that you really appreciate about yourself in relationships than maybe five years ago? Um, I think, I just think there's more, of an effort to understand people because it, it's ironic. I think we all do this is like what we hate in others is what we usually hate in ourselves. Mm. And I had a great tendency to like make perceptions about people I either didn't know or about their situations. And then I remember like one of my friends even said, he's like, bro, like it's so funny, but like you literally talk shit about people about this thing and you do the same stuff. It's like, you do the same thing. And like, he, he even said like, and I'm, I'm not sure what caused it, but as a kid, uh, I don't know, maybe something happened. I don't know, but I don't look too deep into it sometimes. But he was like, dude, you almost treat people so bad that they leave. But then like, if they leave, you say they're not loyal. He's like, isn't that, he's like, it's weird. Like you, you do stuff that like makes people not want to be around you. But then you're like, see, like you're not loyal. And I'm like very big on loyalty. And it was funny because I was like, I think that he's got a point. And so I think just the thing for me is like I've 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 learned and been more open minded to the things I struggle with. And I'm more open to people. And I tried I try not to judge because like until like knowing someone on social media and knowing them in person, it's not the same. It's just not the same. Or like you'll see, like, you know, Grant Cardone, like I could go type his name in on YouTube. And I'll have 10 videos that I hate him and 10 that love him. And it's like, end of the day, it's like, have you guys ever met him? Mm. 
Like, do you even know him? And like, I've just really found that more times than not, it's happened. But more times than not, once I meet someone in person, I understand them better. I like them more. I'm like, dude, I totally misjudged you. And so I think that's the one thing I've done better in my relationships is like, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt, even if they upset me, because like, we've all made mistakes. And it's like, we, you know, we want people to give us the benefit of the doubt, but then I wouldn't do it. So at least for me, I think that's the thing I've really tried to improve on is like, give people the benefit of the doubt, especially if I haven't met them, because I used to just be very harsh and severe with people. And I would do things like my friend said, I mean, I won't go into details, but I would just do stuff that like, it wasn't like, it wasn't, you know, the worst thing in the world, but it was just kind of like, why would you do that? And then I literally, like when people would like say things like, dude, like X, Y, and Z is like, you're not loyal, dude. You're not loyal. Like if you were, you're like, if you would ride with me, you'd ride through, you know, and it, it was weird. Right. And so, um, anyways, hopefully I answered the question, but I think, I think it was that like, just, I've gotten better at like giving people more grace, try not to judge and just put myself in their shoes. Cause usually once you hear this whole story of whatever it is you heard through the grapevine, you're like, oh, okay. Like it makes more sense. Instead of just like, they're that bad person. They did this, they did that. Like they, you know, I don't know. It's, that's probably just insecurity that like helps drive that fear-based decision-making that helps make you successful where you paint someone as the enemy because it's like easier to hate than it is to like love, I guess. I don't Yeah, I, t dude, I, I totally recognize that in myself, even to this day. And it's like, you know, there, there's always this period of like stepping back and pausing and just going, wait a second why are you having that emotional response to this human being who 99% of the time, I don't know them, right? It's kind of like, I look at them and I go, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to make a, a snap judgment at you. And what I discovered about myself in that was that was a survival mechanism because when I was a kid, I had to make fucking snap judgments about people immediately to know if I were safe or not. And, right. and, you know, I think that's a big part of life is you, you figure out this stuff as you go and, and the further and deeper that you go and trying to, be truthful and honest with yourself, the more that you're able to address and acknowledge these things. And so it's amazing that you're looking at this from a, a different perspective and a new scope. Tanner, my friend, this conversation has been incredible and I, I certainly appreciate your vulnerability and your honesty. It's, you know, I feel very relatable to a lot of the things that you've said today. Um, before I ask you my last question, can you tell everybody where they can find you? Sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, social media is always the easiest. Tanner, Scott Chittister is my Instagram. Not a lot of people have my last name, so should be able to find it. And then main websites like EliteCOs.com, you know, and those, those are usually two main places people can connect. Brilliant. And of course, we'll put the links in the show notes for the audience. My last question for you, my friend, what does it mean to you to be unbroken? Such a good question. I, I think to me to what it means to me to think I'm broken is, is it sounds cliche, but just to never give up no matter what you're going through, because, um, I've been there, you know, a few times, like I, I, I seriously consider, you know, taking my life last year and it may seem silly to some people. And I used to think that too, where I like, do like your life's good, bro. Like, shut up. Your life's good. But you know, we all have our own struggles, but everything that's been worthwhile in my life has been on the other side of hard work. 
And so when you're like at your lowest, you're at the bottom, that's, that's what's, that's what makes come up or hitting the mountaintop. Like that's what gives it meaning. And so without, you know, lows, there can be no highs. And so just thinking unbroken to me is just, you know, pushing through no matter what. And understanding there's going to be a reward on the other side. So. Yeah. I love that brother. And appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yep. Thank you for being here. Unbroken nation. Thank you for listening. Please like subscribe, comment, share, tell a friend. And until next time, my friends be unbroken. I'll see you. Hey, unbroken nation. We'll be right back to the show. But I wanted to let you know that you can grab a copy of my first book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma, for free. If you go to book.thinkunbroken.com, you can download the PDF ebook version of the book and get everything that I know about the baseline of healing trauma for free downloaded to your email right now. Just go to book.thinkunbroken.com to download your copy of Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma for a PDF for your phone. Again, that is book.thinkunbroken.com. Thank you so much for listening to Think Unbroken. Please share this episode with someone who could use it and help us move forward in our mission of ending generational trauma in our lifetime. And if you would, please take five seconds to pop on iTunes or Spotify Hit that five-star, leave a review, and you can also reach out to us on social at Michael Unbroken or at Think Unbroken. And of course, you can check out our YouTube channel at Think Unbroken. Thank you for being a part of Unbroken Nation, my friends. And until next time, be unbroken. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show. But I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.